The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, get in the gate and get tied on. We're going to have a good hour of racing information for you. I'm your host, John Engelhart. Got a great lineup for the guests. Some don't get any greater than Hall of Fame jockey Pat Day, who will be our first guest. Uh, he is the president of the Racetrack Chaplaincy. Uh, and he's going to kind of tell us about the program if you're not aware of it. And in particular, some of the challenges it has uh, brought forth for the people operating the program and the people on the backstretch that it serves in this uh, COVID-19 chaos uh, we are all living through here in 2020. It can't go away too soon. So Pat Dale will be with us. And also, by the way, he was a pretty decent little rider. And he won no less than 12 Breeders' Cup races. So I'm going to look at his Breeders' Cup races and kind of uh, ask Pat which ones were the most challenging, uh, which ones he had the most confidence in, uh, how he rode certain races. Uh, it'll be interesting coming from uh, the man himself. Then, uh, <clears throat> as we did last week, I uh, always like to look at the state-bred programs Again, comparing apples to apples, these horses have faced each other all season long, and then things change over a season, and all of a sudden there's the late bloomers that come into their own. There's also horses that prefer certain racetracks, and we're going to be going to the final leg of the series, the best of Ohio, and most of these races will most probably determine who the state champions will be in each division. So I reached out to one of the savviest guys in the Buckeye State, none other than Rich Ruda. Uh, Rich has done an outstanding job as being the public handicapper for Thistledown Racetrack for over a decade. And he also uh, works in the racing office. Uh, they are a lean, mean race putting together the machine there that worked for Patrick Ellsworth. And Rich is a big, big part of it. And I was told that by Mr. Ellsworth himself. So uh, a little bit later in this first segment, I'm going to run down the uh, the Breeders' Cup schedule for you. Um, as you know, it's uh, only a week away, Friday and Saturday. I'll give that to you. But remember, there's going to be a lot of seated pools. There's going to be horses coming in from all over the place, so there's no place better to go than winningponies.com and pull down our valuable easy win forms. I haven't heard from the powers to be, but I'm sure there'll be a contest on the Breeders' Cup Classic, and those contests are always free, and the top prize is always cash. So uh, pull down the easy win forms. Uh, you can go up on the site and see, uh, well, heck, just today at Belmont Park, we had a 20-cent pick six that paid $1,441. That was today. And yesterday, down south with my man Pete Aiello at Gulfstream Park, a $1 super high five using the easy win forms brought you home $1,685. Hope you hit it. And then you can just add that to your Breeders' Cup bankroll. So, again, uh, coming up. 
Pat Day and Rich Ruda will be our top guests this week. Okay, well, um, what has we have closed the chapter on Keeneland, their fall meet, and now they're going to get a little bit of a breather, and they'll be coming back for the Breeders' Cup again. As so many tracks, it will be spectator-less, except for those that uh, are in charge of the horses. And I do believe the ownership groups are, are welcome to come. I would certainly think on, on a day where millions and millions are up for grabs, uh, they would extend that courtesy. Of course, everybody will still be under the. Uh, covid uh, restrictions but people have been doing pretty good at doing that those that aren't are sadly paying the price but uh, so they successfully concluded the fall meet now that was on saturday and uh so let's go and take a take a look at uh, uh who finished on top and how the meet went uh and of course uh, without fans things on track were drastically affected uh, now all sources wagering during the fall meet totaled 148 million average daily handle of 8.7 whereas last fall it was 160 million so uh you know again so many things have happened because of the covid thing and uh the uh, meet was conducted with the limited participation uh, of the fans in attendance. And this tells you how much more important it is to get fans back in the stands. And I hope we can sooner than later, uh, because the, uh, with the reductions, the on-track handle, uh, was 2.4 million for an average daily on track of 145,000 go back a year ago and the on-track handle totaled 17 million, 2.4 versus 17 million. So, folks, I'm as anxious as you to, to get back there. Well, uh, who ended up taking down the rich honors in the fall meet? Well, uh, the race for leading trainer among Brad Cox, Mike Maker, and Steve Asmussen went right down to the final day, and Brad Cox won two races to increase his total to 15 to get his second title. Uh, Maker ranked second in the trainer standings with 12, while Steve Asmussen recorded 11 finish, fin, victories to finish third. On top of the jocks, it was no doubt Tyler Gaff-Leone who won 24 securing his third leading rider title at the prestigious Keeneland. Finishing second and third were Florent Jaroux and Ricardo Santana Jr. And earning its first title as leading owner was Mike Sisk, M&M Racing. They won five races on the abbreviated meet. So that's how we closed out Keeneland. But remember, we opened back up. Friday and Saturday for the Breeders' Cup. Now, uh, I don't know if you've been watching some of the breeding news, but uh, uh, Helen Dale at Azalpa Farm, if I hope I'm saying that correctly, um, it has attracted top stallions from all over uh, the Kentucky area. Now, uh, the Adina stallions are moving there, which means Horse of the Year Ghostbuster, uh, Mucho Macho Man, and point of entry will join the stallion roster at John Sakura's Hill and Dale. Uh, it's just outside of Paris, Kentucky. Um, they're being relocated from Adina. 
the fees are going to be Go Zapper, 85,000. Point of entry, 7,500. Mucho Macho Man, 7,500. Now, the big boy at Zalpa is Hall of Famer Curlin, who once again leads the roster there and uh, now moved to the property. He will continue to stand unchanged at $175,000. Last week, I ran down a lot of the farms, and uh, it's it's been, I'd say, about a 30% reduction in fees across the board uh, because they they want customers. They want to ra- keep racing going at its top levels, and they're just making it easier for uh, people to get to stallions for, depending on your pocketbook, could be you know, a, a modest price. So, uh, you know, Sakura uh, talks about two of his stallions that are uh, in particularly embody the effort to I- improve the value during these challenging times. And one is McLean's music. He, he's really emerging as an important young sire. Uh, we'll be watching Jackie's warrior over the weekend, who's been described as the best two year old in the country. And, uh, in addition, Violence, who's led virtually every category since his runners hit the track, is the co-leading sire of grade one winners with the likes of Into Mischief, who's like a, America's new northern dancer or tap it or whatever you want to compare him to. And so uh, it looks like his bloodlines are going to continue. But uh, other ones, it's a full roster down there. Uh, Kitten's Joy, who's been a perennial leading sire, is Gone from seventy-five thousand to sixty thousand. Uh, McLean's music remains at twenty, but that's for contracts signed prior to the Breeders' Cup, so that could go up if uh, Jackie's Warrior is really dominant. <laughs> the rest of the roster there is um, this is all live foals, stands, and nurses. Army Mule went from ten thousand to seventy-five. Uh, Bayern, who was cut in half from fifteen thousand to seven thousand five hundred. Flintshire, God, I always love that horse. It was reduced from fifteen thousand to. 10. Uh, Good Magic, the champion, was cut from 35,000 to 30. Cantheros, I have one of his babies in training, remains at 30,000. Lost Treasure, who's a a son of Warcat, has been reduced, and Midnight Loot, he's staying steady at 15,000. All right, let's uh, get to some late breaking news. It has been announced Churchill is going to move to 2021 back i'm so happy to hear this to the traditional date and the first saturday in may this year will be may 1st now they don't anticipate selling any general admission tickets uh they're thinking that the crowd will be about 40 to 50 percent of the capacity they're all already planning for covid restrictions now they always have the option to increase that number if they wanted to but right now they're just they're going to play it safe uh, so preparations have already begun for the 147th Kentucky Derby, and I am so glad it is back to the first Saturday in May. Now, Churchill Downs has paused the construction at Turfway Park. We've been following that story. Uh, they say because of the recent Kentucky Supreme Court decision on historical horse racing uh, that it's paused construction 
for uh, Turfway Park. So I'm not sure what if, you know if it's going to be one of those tent meets type thing that only you know the owners and the trainers and the can, grooms will be allowed to come. I'm not sure where the racing officials are going to be. I mean, there is no grandstand at this point, as I understand it. So we'll find out. I know they have the historical racing going on at their uh, facility over at Newport. Okay, the Breeders' Cup official order of 2020 races okay um it's uh, it's going to be called future stars friday um and so that's going to be uh, mostly with your with your baby races and uh let's see let me get down here um and of course just when you need it your scroller stops um so uh Friday, it's going to start at 11.30, but those races are going to be announced. The first Breeders' Cup race starts at 2.30, okay, uh, the Juvenile Turf Sprint, uh, and then the one for the girls, Juvenile Phillies, uh, uh, Juvenile Phillies Turf. That'll be race 10, and that'll be the last race of Friday at 5.15. And then on Saturday, the big one, uh, first race starts, you'll be having your Cheerios and coffee at 10.15 in the morning. The first Breeders' Cup race starts at uh, 2.02, leading up to the uh, Breeders' Cup Classic. Um, And so uh, that's going to end at 5.15. Remember, we're going to have the time change over the weekend. So uh, 5.13, I stand corrected. Well, that's as much as I could pack into this segment of the show. Really looking forward to the second segment. One of my favorite people in all of Thoroughbred Racing, Pat Day, is going to join us. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. 
And with me, one of everybody's favorite people in the sport of thoroughbred racing, first for his talents in the saddle, and second uh, because of his humanitarian gestures uh, that he's continued on since uh, concluding an amazingly successful uh, riding career. Pat, first out, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me on, John. It's, uh, It's a pleasure to be with you this evening. Well, listen, before we get to learn about the Racetrack Chaplaincy Program, uh, it was a pleasure about two weeks ago to see you appear in a video on the big screen at Belterra Park congratulating Perry Oots on becoming the sixth leading rider in the world. And what I thought was an additional class act was Chris McCarron was in the video, and he was the guy that uh, Perry had just passed. So I thought that was really a classy on his part but thanks for taking the time to do that and let me tell you i i talked to perry after the race he said john did you see that pat day and chris mccarran were talking about me <laughs> it, was, it was hard to see you know on the big screen and here and the, but they gave him a copy of the video it was great so uh that that was appreciated by perry and really by all of those who have watched his career and uh, appreciate him for his long time talents well, it, the only thing would have been better if I could have been there in person to give him a big hug and congratulate him. It was, uh, uh, as I said on the in the video, he he truly is the Iron Man to be riding with the enthusiasm and and with the success that he has at his age, uh, going strong. I mean, he's like the ever ready bunny, ever yeah. ready bunny. Uh, <laughs> you t- just keeps I on mean- going. Yeah, to take a year off and come back when you're 66. Are you kidding me? But uh, <laughs> any, yeah. so, uh, Pat, uh, those that, that work at the tracks have an awareness uh, of the racetrack chaplaincy program. It, it, it plays a very important part of the racing community from coast to coast. And But it's something the average race goer um, doesn't see or really is aware of. So uh, help our listeners by describing the chaplaincy's role in the lives of those on the backstretch. Well, let me let me start by just giving you just a, a little history of how that got started. There was a fellow by the name of Salty Roberts. Uh, that wasn't his name. That was his nickname. His real name was Horace. But uh, he was an exercise rider uh, and worked in the valet parking lot in the afternoons. Uh, was caught up in the throes of alcoholism. Uh, at some point, uh, he he somebody had given him a religious tract. Just uh, a, tr- a religious tract just uh, explains the gospel, describes how uh, God sent His Son Jesus to to die on the cross for our sins, and and kind of walks you through that. Well, Salty took that home, throwed it up on his dresser, and went on went out on the town. He came back. Uh, later that evening, uh, very despondent, and was was going to blow his brains out. And uh, somehow he got that, that track wound up in his hand. He read it, got convicted, uh, ultimately uh, invited Christ into his heart, got set free from the bondage of alcohol, and immediately thereafter had a burden on his heart for the people that he was working with, uh, the racetrack people. Uh, the, uh, the you know the, the the trainers and the exercise riders and the grooms and you know that that whole group of people that make up the behind you know that work behind the scenes. Uh, he had a burden on his heart for those people. Knew they couldn't get off the track and go to a church of their choice, and so he thought, well, let's bring church to them. And he shared this dream, this vision, this desire with a visionary Baptist minister in Florida. 
uh, and and he came with Salty to the racetrack, seeing the the need and the possibility. And together they went and spoke with uh, uh, Doug Don, who was then the <clears throat> owner of Gulfstream Park. And uh, Don Doug was was all in favor of it. Uh, gave them a an old paint shop on the backside. They said you can clean it out, clean it up, and use it uh, for church if you'd like. And they did uh, over 50 years ago now. Uh, but Salty's dream was not to just have a, a chaplain bringing the gospel message to the people of the racing industry uh, here in this country. He 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 dreamed of having a chaplain chaplain at every racetrack in America and around the world. And basically, the the chaplain that we call it a, a ministry of presence. Uh, the chaplain is there circulating through the barn area, uh, being a very visible presence, making himself available. Uh, getting to know the people that work back there, the grooms, the hot walkers, and so forth. Uh, they they hold a a weekly Bible uh, weekly church service, and uh, and Bible studies. Uh, they go in the jockey's room before the races uh, on race day, and and uh, pray with the riders uh, that you know the the jocks room personnel. Uh, then they make their way to the starting gate. They pray with the starting gate crew, just uh, praying for safety and praying for all of those involved. But of course, being then then being available to to help them with any problems or issues that might come up that uh, uh, a man of the cloth could could help them with. Now, Pat, um, the, the chaplaincy itself, uh, as far as just usually when it gets together, a lot of times uh, before the races uh, on a Sunday, at least that's been my experiences at the tracks I've worked at. Uh, it is non-denominational. I mean, you, you mentioned the word Baptist. I don't have to convert to being a Baptist. I'm a Roman Catholic, uh, but I can still enjoy the message and take that all in. True? False? Yes, correct it's, me. A, it's a non-denominational uh, ministry. Uh, we believe the Bible is the inspired and fallible Word of God. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who uh, died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and on the third day was uh, arose from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. Uh, John 3.16 uh, is, is pretty much the, the gospel in one scripture. It simply says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And uh, so our, our chaplains are there sharing that message, uh, bringing help and hope to the to the racing community. Uh, many of the chaplains having an emergency food pantry and a clothes closet uh, and willing to do whatever they can uh, to help um, the racetrack family uh, in their time of need. Now, Pat, the, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected all of us to some degree. Um, how has it impacted the, the life uh, to those that, that, that you and, and your other chaplains serve? I mean, um, are there restrictions on gatherings? Um, uh, inform me. Well, and initially, as you know, they, they didn't open up the barn area here at Churchill Downs uh, until early summer. Um I don't recall the exact date, but <clears throat> when they did open up, uh, they would not allow the the people to come in the jock in the uh, in the chapel and and uh, have meetings together. They have since uh, opened that up and and allowing them in their social distancing and of course uh, wearing masks and and doing doing that which you know 
following the mandates that have been set forth uh, to keep everybody safe and, and COVID free. Um, but what it's what it's done is right now they're not allowing any volunteers, uh, which we depend heavily upon volunteers to to assist in the in the uh, you know the church services and providing meals and and uh, watching watching over the clothes closet and the food pantry and so forth. Right now, all of that is falling upon the chaplains because uh, they haven't as yet opened up the backside to allow volunteers to come in and assist them. Wow, that that is a challenge. Now, um, if our listeners uh, would like to contribute to the wonderful work you do, uh, how how can they make a donation? Uh, uh, is there a website or is there a you know a, a uh, fund GoFundMe page because uh, I'm sure a lot of people when they realize now what's going on uh, may want to contribute to your cause. Uh, yes, sir. Let me let me let me get that. Um, there's a website, Kentucky Racetrack Chaplaincy, but I don't know what it is right off the top of my head. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick, John. Uh, that will that will be easy enough to do. And while you do that, I'm going to talk a little bit about you because. Uh, when when Pat retired uh, back on uh, 2005, August 4th, uh, he had earned a record of 297 million, almost 298 million, and he ranked fourth in victories with 8,803, and he certainly uh, loved the track he name dropped, Churchill Downs, where he had 2,048. Uh, wait. 2,481 wins at Churchill and won an outstanding 34 meet titles. Of course, he was inducted into uh, the National Museum uh, Hall of Fame in 1991. Uh, Pat, were you able to pull that down? Uh, Yeah, it's simply kychaplaincy.org. Well, that's that's pretty easy. Now, um, Pat, um, let's move a little bit. We got a few minutes left. We've got the Breeders' Cup coming up here in a week. Um, this is not Breeders' Cup related, but it's something I wanted to get your input on. I mean, you were always known for being a patient rider. It, it, it said that some people are now bald because they pulled their hair out <laughs> after they bet on you because you had those gentle <laughs> hands and uh, you didn't use a horse until you had to. And, uh, you know, you were given the nickname patient Pat. I think Pat 40, the reporter for Louisville courier journal once said he's so patient. He could watch a faucet drip for days. <laughs> now where, where I'm going with this is what are your feelings about the current and perhaps future whip restrictions put on on the jockeys well i i understand we you know we need to perception is everything and uh uh you know we know the people in the game know that as we're encouraging our horses with the riding crop uh it's not painful to them but certainly for those in the stands we're they, in their words we're whipping them and so what we collectively are endeavoring to do is to appease uh, those people uh, to, to uh, this, well, you asked me what my feelings are. I think it's going to be a difficult challenge for the riders to curb, curb the use of the riding crop. But uh, I think they're willing to do whatever, you know, whatever, whatever comes down the road. It's, it's, um, 
you know, when I first seen the rules that they were endeavoring to apply re- regarding the whip here in Kentucky, uh, I went back and looked at some of my races in, in, uh, uh, goodness, uh, I'd, I'd have been, I'd have been in trouble because, uh, you know, I obviously used it more than six or seven times and, and, um, uh, it, it would have been, well, and I used the whip sparingly as compared to some riders, but, uh, they'll, they, it, it was like when, when, when we had to start wearing the, uh, the, the vests and, and, uh, uh, you know, they'll, they'll make the adjustment. They'll, they'll do what's necessary to, to keep riding. Yeah, and also people need to be aware of too that the whips of today were not the whips that you used. They they have softened it so much. Remember the old days? If you took one and cracked your leg, buddy, you'd feel it for a couple of days. But you could take the new the new whips and crack yourself on the leg, and it's like, yeah, I felt that, but it's not going to hurt me. Um, so that's yeah. changed too. Um, you know, you, so you I, could I, take the you could take the whips of of yesteryear and slap your hand, and and it would oh yeah, it would really sting. The whip that whips the riding crops that the riders are using today, <clears throat> you can take it and hit your hand as hard as you can possibly hit it, and you feel it, but it's it's it doesn't um, it's not painful. Put it that way. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've I've tried it myself. Now, Pat, twelve Breeders' Cup wins, uh, an amazing feat. Now, the first, if I'm right, was in the Breeders' Cup Classic in 1983 on Wild Again. As memory serves me well, that was kind of a wild ride, wasn't it? Well, it was a, it was a rough run, stretch run, uh, for sure, between myself and Slow Gold and Gate Dancer. Uh, wild Again was notorious for wanting to bear out, and uh, and he did that day. He was leaning out and uh, I was endeavoring to to keep him straight uh slew of gold ran up on the outside of me as we came off the turn uh and later in the stretch uh gate dancer ran up on the outside of us gate dancer was lugging in wild again was trying to lug out and slew of gold was was uh he was in the middle getting bounced around pretty good uh at the conclusion Wild again and hung on by the narrowest of, of margins. Gate Dancer was second. Slow Goal was third. There was a lengthy uh, inquiry into the stretch run. And ultimately, they took down Gate Dancer and placed him behind Slew of Gold and, and, uh, and left Wild again up, which I thought was uh, the right call, not just because I was riding him, but in reviewing the films, I felt that uh, uh, Gate Dancer was, was the culprit in that situation but that was a race uh winning that race on wild again uh really catapulted my career to the next level uh gave me some national notoriety and exposure and uh shortly thereafter we started receiving opportunities to to go around the country and ride in the major races and and not just ride in them but to ride uh, horses with with a realistic chance and um uh, really, really took my career to the next level. But there was something happened earlier in 19, that was in 1984, John, not, not 1983. But in January of 1984 was when I uh, had a had a meeting with Jesus in a hotel room in Miami, accepting him into my heart. Uh, and like Salty Roberts, the founder of uh, the racetrack chaplaincy, got delivered from the bondage of drugs and alcohol and set free from that. 
uh, and thereafter uh, received the revelation from God that he had saved me to work within the racing industry, not to leave it, but to take the talent and ability and do the best that I possibly could, all the while looking for opportunities, being open to opportunities to give him the praise, the honor, and the glory. At that time, there was the only vehicle then, as now, the only vehicle that's actively endeavoring to bring the gospel message to the racing industry is the racetrack chaplaincy. And so I immediately throwed in my my lot with the with the racetrack chaplaincy and have been involved with them, supportive of them uh, since then. And and just you know tremendously grateful that uh, today, as the president of the Kentucky Racetrack Chaplaincy, uh, I have the the joy, the privilege, the pleasure, the blessing. Uh, of being involved with this great ministry. Well, I could tell you this from personal experiences. Uh, if anybody gets the chance to be in the room with Pat and listen to him speak, they will be truly blessed because you feel as if you're in the presence of greatness, but almost <laughs> he brings the presence of the Lord with him. And you can't help leaving a room after listening to Pat without feeling that you experienced something special. And I've had the honor of experiencing that myself. So uh, among all the blessings that he's given you, Pat, uh, he's made you an outstanding spokesman, an extremely magnetic uh, personality for uh, the road that you are on now out of the saddle and and it, it, into spreading the word you, you you're truly an amazing man well i'm i'm just uh, i'm tremendously blessed i'm i'm a wretched sinner saved by grace and eternally grateful that uh uh that i encountered christ in that hotel room and and took the step of faith invited him into my heart and um and have been endeavoring to faithfully serve him since then. But uh, it's, it, you know, to, to have had an incredibly successful racing career and now on the heels of that, uh, to have the privilege of being involved with the ministry, which at the end of the day, in my opinion, it, to, for me personally, uh, what I'm doing today is decidedly more rewarding and fulfilling than the incredibly successful racing career. So the racing career was just a, a stepping stone, if you would, to what we're doing today. Well, uh, and, a, and a lovely stepping stone it has been, Pat. It's been an honor to have you on as a guest. I can't wait till these restrictions get lifted and I get a chance to cross paths with you somewhere. But until there, may you and Sheila be well, and I will see you down the road. I look forward to it, John. And uh, we'll be, uh, we're grateful that, uh, that your wife is doing well and be praying for your son and his upcoming surgeries. Believe in all will. Uh, be successful, no complications, and a speedy and complete recovery. All right, coming from you, I feel better already. All right, Pat, I'm going to let you go. The great Hall of Famer Pat Day joining us to tell us about his second career. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can donate to the Racetrack Chaplaincy of America because this is a particular year where they could use your help. All right, quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk to Rich Ruda, one of my favorite people on the Ohio scene, as we cover the best of Ohio. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, when I do shows that focus on Ohio racing, I like to bring in some of the biggest observers of Ohio racing. And as I told you, for over a decade, uh, Rich Ruda, uh, it was the on-air presence at Thistledown. Uh, he's got the inside skinny. He uh, works as a racing official. He works in the racing office. And he's probably seen every horse we're going to mention tonight race in person. Rich Ruda, welcome back to Winning Ponies. Yeah, it's great to be back. And like I said off the air, I said, man, you put me batting second to Pat Day. I don't know about that, boy. That's, that's That was fun to listen to him, what he had to say. And uh, it's fun to talk to you. And this is our time of the year. This is Ohio's weekend. I mean, this is as good as it gets. Uh, five races, the best of Ohio at Mahoning Valley. It looks like they're going to have a very very nice weather day up there, about 50 degrees and sunny, and that's not bad compared to what we've been having. 44 horses in the best of Ohio's five races and a lot of repeat champions. It's going to be fun. It's going to really be fun. It's a good day. It's a good day for betting. It's a good day for the horse player, and it's a really good day for the Ohio breeding. I really love that part of it. Now, a a, a quick aside for our listeners, the best of Ohio has now become a series uh, there's added money uh, throughout the uh, stakes races for the year, and so 
It was supposed to happen at Belterra. COVID didn't let that happen. Then, then it rotates. It used to rotate to each track annually. Now it rotates to each track during the year, which I think was a great concept. It's uh, the money gets spread spread around it. As you know, it's cyclical. Rich uh, horses that are superstars in um, y- you know March, April, May sometimes tail off, and then all of a sudden. Horses uh, come along in, in the later months and start to look like, ooh, this could be the new star on the horizon. So we'll start right out with the new stars on the horizon uh, with the, uh, the the starting rate. that There will be a 50-cent uh, pick five. So listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Rich Root is going to give us the inside track. But we're going to start with the juvenile uh, for the boys. Uh, attracted a field of seven. Uh, the most experienced uh, horse in the field is Uptown, um, who is yet to win a stake, but he's run behind perhaps one of the best two-year-olds in Ohio, a horse that uh, went on to become grade one stake place at Saratoga uh, by Esplanade. Esplanade, not on the card. I meant to call Tim Ham and find out if he's pointing for a race on the undercard at Keeneland with her, uh, with him. But uh at here, but the new kid on the block, as I said, you never know who's going to pop up. Is this more stride from the Mike Roan Barn, who is pretty impressive in his debut at Thistledown, October fourteenth? Yeah, more than pretty impressive, John. I mean, very, very impressive. Two-year-old debuting in October. Uh, lots of work over the Thistledown strip before this. You know, this happened. One of the things that interests me about the horse more than anything, and, you know, when we talk horses, I, I like to look at the odds, what's going on. Five to one that day, so wasn't a whole lot of buzz about this horse at Thistledown that day. Five to one and, and one by ten, one off by by himself. Bred for speed, the midshipman part of that is gets you a lot of speed. And Mike Rohn always does a good job. And, you know, Mike Rohn, you know, John, we've talked about the best of Ohio for a long time. Uh, it's kind of a changing of the guard now with the trainers in the best of Ohio. You and I go back to Albert Palacios, Miguel Feliciano, Mike Nance, uh, oh, yeah. the Nemans, and now we got the Hams, the Gorhams, the Collins, the Rose. <coughs> Excuse me. The you know the young lions are coming out, and it's the breeding program in Ohio that's making this. And Mike Rohn's done extremely well over the last couple of years, not only at Thistledown but also at Mahoning with a lot of young horses. And, you know, you mentioned the moving the best of Ohio around. I love the fact Belterra has that turf course down there for horses that will take to the turf that we breed in Ohio. The two-year-olds now, it's that time of the year for them to shine. And you mentioned Tim Ham, and he's got a nice horse, you know, in here. How about the horse he's got running in the Breeders' Cup a week from today, day out of the office? He's going to oh. be the favorite. He's yeah, going to he, be the he, favorite. He was a guest you know. on the show a week ago, and I was just so happy for him. Uh, and that horse is a bear, too. It looks like a three-year-old. doesn't look like a two-year-old. But so uh, we're talking about our pick five here. Go ahead. Valley, sixth race. Uh, who, who do you like in here? Did I name the, the top two contenders, or did I, well, you, as usual, You definitely overlook? did name the top two contenders. If we're going to talk about the pick five, I think there's a single in the pick five. I really do think there's a single. I, I, I think I these two-year-olds going long make a big difference, right? I don't yep. think you can discount anything Tom Drury trains. He's bringing up Buckeye Magic from Belterra, who ran pretty good first time out, very good second time out. 
Brig is from the Bobby Gorham barn, and Bobby does terrifically well. Christian Pilar is going to ride that one. You get your guy, Johnny McKee, on Buckeye Magic. You mentioned more stride. Can't go past that one. Uptown's going to be the favorite in there. You know, Charlie Williams is one of the best, the best guys you'll ever meet in Ohio. Great owner, great breeder. He didn't breed this one, but uh, passed up the training ranks this year, turned them over, but he's got some nice two-year-olds. He's got some really nice horses running in the best of Ohio. I think those four comprise who you need in race six. All right. Race seven might be a short conversation. I believe this is our <laughs> single. <laughs> Alexandria, undefeated, two-time stakes winner, Ohio, and just ran third in a grade three going a mile down at Churchill Downs. Both of those horses coming out of that race will be in the Breeders' Cup. The Both of the horses that beat him in the Pocahontas are headed to the Breeders' Cup two-year-old race. So that's telling you something about that. That was a very, very, very nice third by Alexandria. You know what? She's undefeated against the Ohio Breds. She's going to be tough. Now, and look at the sire, Constitution. We could talk for hours about Constitution. Now, we're going to use that horse. You have to use that horse, right? Yeah. I'd want, you know, you mentioned it. Eddie Myers is listening. I want to know something about Lemon Delight. The outside, the outside horse for Tom Drury because had a horrendous start at Belterra first time out. I know it's early. It's second time out for this horse. You know, he gets your guy, Johnny McKee, aboard. This horse ran a really creditable second for actually missing the break entirely, getting destroyed out of the break. I think he can improve. He, you know, the lemon drop kid, he's going to like the distance. You know that. Horse that really interests in me here, too, happy as you go for Bobby Gorham. Yes. We mentioned Bobby Gorham a few times. In the loyalty, which was at Belterra, happy as you go, this filly beat her stable mate, Weekend Buzz, who's running in the boys' race, the two-year-old boys' race. Happy as you go is no fluke. Christian Polaris, Alexandria, and then, like I said, I'm going to go out, outside. I'm going to call Eddie before this before I make my bet and find out about Lemon Delight. But Alexandria right, well. looks awful good in there. Now, you know what? And we know this one. Everybody's saying, oh, he ran a mile, ran a mile. She ran a mile. That's a one-turn mile at Churchill Downs. Things get different when they two-turn, and this is a two-turn mile in a 16th at Mahoning Valley. Alexandria's the, hor- the girl to beat. Can they beat her? If somebody takes to the distance, happy as you go, has a shot. So much sugar out of the Charlie Williams barn has a shot. Lemon Delight, I got to find out about that one. But I'm going to use a few in there because I'm not sure who wants to go this far. Well, let me tell you about Lemon Delight. She's got a Please full do. brother by the name of Tuffet Up who won uh, the uh, the uh, Best of Ohio Juvenile about five races, and now he's a stallion. How about that? Yeah, so he's got, you know, that's what I can tell you about Tough It Up if you want to find something out, you know, uh, a full sibling to a horse that won a Best of Ohio race. Well, the next one's going to be the Best of Ohio Sprint, and I was wondering kind of who was going to land there, and uh, there was one I certainly expected to be in there. There was one that leaves me scratching my head a little bit. And there's a couple long shots I like. I'm not going to go into it just yet. Uh, we'll see how our time lays out. But, uh, Rich, uh, the, the two horses that 
didn't and did surprise me was the one that didn't surprise me was uh, Altissimo, uh, who has won uh, this race before at Mahoning last year. Yeah, last two years. When it was just traveling around the state. So uh, this, so we've got two, two-time Ohio horses of the year competing. The one that surprised me a little bit is a horse that's had amazing success in the best of Ohio endurance and running a mile and a quarter um, is turning back to six furlongs. And that's Mo don't know with a new trainer. Yeah. And you know what, John, and I'll, I'll expunge on Mo don't know a little 16 starts going six furlongs. The only time Mo don't know missed the board was the last time out in the Phoenix at, and I watched that race at Keeneland. That was not a bad race by Mo don't know. He was in with the heavy hitters, the real heavy hitters from all over the country in that grade two. He ran awful well, I thought. Uh, I'm not taking nothing away from Altissimo. I've seen Altissimo this year. The beginning of this year when he came out in his last couple races, he's been good enough to win, but he's not the Altissimo that I saw a couple years ago that cracked the 100 buyer a couple times. Now, uh, Rich Zielinski, who trains him, has done a remarkable job the last month at Thistledown. He was the hottest trainer at Thistledown the last month. I'm sure he's got Altissimo Rich, as um, good as he can audio. be, but he's seven. Go ahead, John. But he's seven, and you know what? He's getting up there. All right, hold on. We lost something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, somewhere along the line, I lost your audio. Can you hear me now? I got you good now, yeah. Well, I was talking, and nobody listens to me, so you did the right thing. <laughs> no, I think I'm, I think we're back now. Uh, okay. Up, well, anyway, up. we talked about Altissimo. I don't know if he's as good as he was the last couple of years. He's good. He's You know, he cracked 100 buyer a couple of times. That's very impressive. Mo don't know. I think he's sharp as can be right now. I think he he moves from trainers to trainer, and that's a that's a loose thing that happens with Ronnie when he when he has horses. He moves them around to where he thinks they fit. He's won over a million dollars with this horse, specifically most of it in Ohio. I'm going to give you one I think is going to set some pace in here. Diamond Dust ran super last time, six and a half furlongs, one fifteen flat at Presque Downs, one at nineteen to one. Six and a half and 115 there is flat out as fast as they run. He gets Corrales back on him for him. He's going to be out with the pace. Altissimo will be sitting off him. Mo don't know. I think you only got to use three in there. Who did you like as a long shot, John? You said you liked a couple long shots. I, I did. Uh, uh, one is one is uh, Chief Randall, who's been uh, facing tougher company. Uh, it's been facing open company, and it's a three-year-old colt and has been racing against older horses successfully. Uh, morning line at 12 to 1. And on the bottom at 15 to 1 is kind of a mystery horse. It's only made three starts, but it's got two wins and, and a second. Don't know what happened in the last race, but, man, 21 and 4, 21 and 3, 45 and 3. Yeah, you know, crazy fast. Right? Crazy fast. So, three-year-old. Uh, it's a three-year-old those, those running against older. And maybe some you tries know. and supers. I'm getting three minutes to post, Rich. Don't mean to rush you, but I always Let's get be behind. Quick. No, go uh, ahead, the best I'm, of all I'm good. I'm... Distaff, 
Uh, I meant to call Tim Ham to find out. No Leona's reward in here. Yeah, kind of interesting, right? The winner last year. I mean, it, it's something. Something had to be up. I mean, something had to be up for her. She doesn't miss many dances in her career. You know that she has not missed many dances. Um, she's accredited. She doesn't. She runs with the registers. If there's a big dance, you usually see Leona's reward. Something's got to be amiss there. I don't know what it is. Uh, I see Tim often. I'll, I'll ask him when I see him, but I really don't have that information now. But you wanted to know about horses, John, and this is my single, the three Moonlight Mission. I don't think yep. Moonlight Mission should be undefeated this year at Thistledown. Got taken down I, uh, two races I, I back. I have to agree Wasn't with a big you, fan Rich, of you know, what uh, the stewards did that day, but, you know, they see it better than I do. But I think she's she's well, gonna be really awful know, good. Uh, what what what? I, I remember being there that day, and uh, I guess they could see it better than you and I, and most of the crowd could because uh, it was extremely. Uh, you know, when a horse uh, there were there was a whole lot of traffic up on that turn, and for that horse to uh, uh, you know pull away mm-hmm. uh, like it did uh, by eight lengths. Uh, that, that, that's my selection in there too. And all right, the endurance, a mile and a quarter coming into us again from New York, ladies and gentlemen, I got a minute left is forewarned who won this race last year at Mahoning Valley. Yeah. For Uriah St. Louis, this horse has been dancing, dancing with the big boys. I mean, really, you know what? I mean, dancing with some maximum security, always mining code of honor, uh, Owendale last time out at the Pimlico Special, running well. The trainer comes in pretty much the same way last year. Brings gets a new rider in, in Sonny Leone, but you know what? I follow him in Southern Ohio. He's pretty darn good. I like him as a rider. I think the horse to catch, and I don't think there's a lot of speed in here. Wicked Warrior. If Ricky Feliciano can get on this horse for his dad and set a, a nice tempo and not go too fast too early. It's a two-horse race, and those will be my two in the endurance. The six, Wicked Warrior, and the ten, Forewarned. Well, Rich, I find it I find it hard to argue with you <laughs> uh, on uh, your call here in the endurance. And it'll be fun because we got a 50-cent pick five, so uh, we, we can have a little fun. But, Rich, thanks a million for joining us, and uh, have a great Best of Ohio and next week Breeders' Cup. See you soon, partner. All right. That was Rich Ruda. I want to thank Pat Day for being with us. And I want to thank for Josh by gosh, who hopefully got me out in time. I'm John Engelhart. You've been listening to winning ponies. Thanks for listening to winning ponies with John Engelhart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.